Welcome to Bad Movie Brunch. I'm Luke. I'm Katie. I'm Taylor. And say your name, Aiden. Aiden, I'm here. You might have heard these dulcet tones on NFL Mayo, but I'm here on Bad Movie Brunch. <laughs> Whoa, uh, and nice. Okay, I needed you to, I'll intro you better, but I needed you to say your name there because when I edit it, it's so much easier for me to okay. just put that right there. And then I know my, where everybody's audio goes. My Aiden name is Aiden. Is, yes, he's one of my dearest friends uh, of all time. Uh, go all the way. I've, I met Aiden in fifth grade. Uh, we've been pals. We have played sports. We do a podcast together called NFL MAO. Um, it's about the NFL and we LMAO as we talk about it. Um, honestly, we play it pretty straight. It's really just like actually, actually us trying to be analysts, but we're just cursing a lot. Um, but we're trying to make it sillier. We're working on it. It's not about that. Look, this is bad movie brunch. Aiden insisted that he come on the show, he, 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 he threw his dick on the table and said, I am the best <laughs> podcaster. No, no. Aiden said that he loves uh, our work. He says that it's also, he says Katie's riveting, but he never once tells me that like what I say about film is good, which hurts, <laughs> but it's all right. It's always just I like have, about Katie and Taylor's I've said takes. Katie's riveting uh, multiple times to you without complimenting you once. And I feel very bad about that. <laughs> it's all right hey fuck it and uh so anyways he said that he wanted to talk about remember me this is uh, a robert pattinson movie so it's always welcome on bad movie brunch and everybody uh on the show katie and taylor happily maybe not happily but they obliged (laughs) with that being said katie Mm -hmm. yes does does should we should we give our backgrounds on the flick or should you should you should you come in hot with your summary uh, I can do the summary if that's all right. Hey, I'm all right with that. Okay. So uh, this movie is about a young man living in New York. His name is Tyler. And he is very morose. He is a little bit directionless. This morose He audits classes. <laughs> oh, of course, played by Robert Pattinson. And he's um, his uh, brother committed suicide uh, about a year ago, and he's still feeling that trauma very severely. And he clashes with his father, who is a typical business dad who's all about business. And he has a little sister who is like an artistic prodigy who isn't very popular at school, but they have a very sweet relationship together. Uh, Tyler is a loose cannon, again, and he's going out, and his friend's like, you should let's take you out for a party and they're with some girls and some guys are uh, approaching them very aggressively so our pat starts fighting them tyler and uh eventually this gets the notice of a cop played by chris cooper and they get into an altercation and ultimately tyler is arrested and his friend aiden incidentally (coughs) asks Uh (laughs) if tyler would be interested in dating the cop's daughter and tyler for whatever reason decides to go along with it they date, presumably under weird, like, trying to get, like, a... He's going to dump and have... He's going to date, dump, and... Sorry. It's called revenge. Date, fuck, have sex with her, and nice dump one. her. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, um... But, of course, they fall in love, and uh, they talk about each other's traumas. We see at the beginning of the movie that this girl, Allie, her mother got shot in a mugging. And that's her trauma. And so they bond over being very morose together. And eventually, uh, Tyler is able to reconcile with his father. But until they're able to actually enjoy that reconciliation, Tyler ends up dying in the Twin Towers on 9-11. 
which is it's like, what I always knew about this movie is the end. Just the oh yeah, the the Robert Pattinson nine eleven movie, right? That's the one. Everybody knows it. It's how you pull it out. It's like the the, the Robert Pattinson French movie. Oh, you mean Bella Me? Uh, the, the Robert Pattinson movie? Lighthouse movie. The Lighthouse. You, you want you want the Harry Potter one? Cobble to fire. This one's the nine eleven <laughs> one. That's a good summary. Thank you. Stumbled a little bit, you, but I think I got all the major points. You want the weird neo western where Robert Pattinson's a very Luke, the very simple friend more. to Guy Pierce? Watch the Rover. Luke, we don't. This isn't a catalog of Robert Pattinson. No, this is about remember me. Look, we like him. We get that you like we him. We like him. Everybody. No, we do. <laughs> we as a collective like Robert Pattinson. Absolutely, a thousand percent. Yeah. I've got I, something I in my back his, pocket. I, I enjoy him as an actor. I've got something in my back pocket that I'll wait to pull out for this movie, but uh, I, I'm just, okay. just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just foreshadowing. Uh, ooh. Uh, ooh. Uh, uh, um, I go back with this movie to the point where when it was time to watch it, I didn't have to worry about buying it on Amazon Prime because I have the pristine DVD with the slipcover included. Still have the sticker on the front that I could, that I could mail in to receive a free Remember Me poster, but it expired in 2010, unfortunately. Mm. Uh, this is like peak, not peak, we're not there yet, but like on the rise to the fucking peak, paramount, fucking tip top of like Pattinson craze, fucking Twilight fever, right in that like Twilight New Moon era where Pattinson's the hottie. And this is also a summit film like those, so it makes me wonder if you just had like a picture deal or something. Yeah, he also gets the executive produce uh, on there, which mm-hmm. I like. Um, but the point is, what I'm getting at is it came out exactly at the time where a romantic drama with Robert Pattinson is like the hot ticket. You know what I mean? Like, what a great idea. And it hits a lot of memorable tropes and in many ways could feasibly stand on its own as a, as a very serviceable uh, rom-drom, even if there are things to criticize if not for the last two and a half minutes, in my opinion. Um, I'll go next. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess we're just going around the table. I mean, I just feel like I just wanted to give my background on the flick. I mean, is this anybody's first time watching it? Mine. It's my first it's mine. time. Well, I had never seen it before. Ooh, oh, oh no. Hey, Aiden, a couple first timers here. We got this some first timers <laughs> over here. All right. We should go. We mm-hmm. should get Aiden's take on why he really wanted us to watch it. Oh, yeah. Because why'd you bring it to the yeah. table? Aiden was the one who brought it, Aiden really brought it to the table. I'm so sorry. How rude of me. How rude of me. How rude of me. A thousand oh, pardons. Because oh, we no, don't need a love fest between Luke and Robert Pattinson. We, we brought Aiden on for a reason, babe. Aiden, I just go into a 30 minutes of me talking about RPAT. No, so I think the reason why I was interested was because in my psychology class, Abnormal Psych, we're tasked with finding a movie that represents mental health and doing kind of a review on it, talking about diagnostic stuff. And the more I watched the movie, the more I kind of thought that it did revolve around mental health. And specifically, you could say PTSD for both Allie and Tyler. Allie kind of has her situation thrown in your face right at the very beginning for added effect, Mm -hmm. I assume. And I feel like her character's largely secondary, which I'm not really a fan of because I think they could have done a lot more with her. Um, But Tyler's situation is more of a slow crawl and it's less of the PTSD that I see with him. And I have to qualify. I'm not a psychologist and this is only just for me to like practice, like looking at uh, the stuff for my class. But he kind of uh, exhibits some of the symptoms for antisocial personality disorder, 
anti-social mm. meaning against society, not like he's mm-hmm. wary of going into public. And some of the symptoms are like disregard for right and wrong, persistent lying to deceit and exploit others, a la going after Allie to get after her father. Uh, callous, cynical, disrespectful of others is pretty much his motto. Using charm and wit to manipulate others for personal gain. Again, Allie. Arrogance and a sense of superiority. And it goes on, and he pretty much fits all these criteria for antisocial. With, um, let me, I wrote down a couple. Like, fighting outside the bar at the very beginning of the movie. He's has no reason to join that fight other than the fact that he's dealing with these pent-up emotions and he feels the need to lash out and it's shown in the movie that he lashes out quite frequently he does that he throws Mm -hmm. the fire extinguisher um spins the girl's desk he luke used to love the scene where he smokes in the lobby and says oh i guess it was i still love it i still love it hey i love everything this man says a word that comes out of his mouth i'm like oh i'm liking that don't get me wrong it was just there to tease me so don't get me wrong the more I thought about it, the more I was like, this is a truly believable like scenario of someone who had a traumatic experience with someone who he obviously idolized more than his father, his absentee father, largely. Mm-hmm. And that has set him up for what I assume to be antisocial personality disorder based off what he's exhibiting. And I think that was I think the movie did a good job capturing that. And there are things that I don't like. I don't like how he treats Allie. Um, I think that plays into the mental health aspect, though. Like, I don't necessarily idolize Tyler at all. I think he's actually a pretty bad person in a lot of regards. Um, I think the 9-11 stickler is what a lot of people are saying. Everyone's saying. I counted a lot of different callbacks to the time and period. Obviously, you know quickly you're in New York. They're going to NYC, right? Or whatever it's called. What's the college there? NYU. NYC probably NYU sorry NYU <laughs> um but when the dad the, the the cop father of Allie comes into the house you hear like news channels where they introduce Mayor uh, Rudolph Rudy Giuliani and then you have him come in another time and it's President Bush and then before she mm-hmm. leaves on a date she's he's talking about seeing Aaron Brockovich for the third time and all of these are little Easter eggs that are building you up to this 9-11 reveal. I don't feel as if it's a shoehorned in thing added for effect. The way I see it is it's a story about someone who died in 9-11 that gives humanity to the people who died. And when, that, when the plane comes in at the end, you don't hear engines. You don't hear screaming. You just hear a ground swell of normal hustle and bustle in New York City underneath and it gets louder and louder which to me talks about that these were just like everyday people going about their lives and I didn't think they were trying to make it this big cinematic thing I thought it was built in from the very beginning they saw um, American Pie in theater which would have happened right before 9-11 so I don't Mm. think I don't know I can get your guys take I can stop talking well just before I open it up to Katie and Taylor my only thing with that and I think I've said it to you before is just that like just because they're setting up that it's 2001 and just because they're setting up that it's like doesn't mean like 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 legit like i feel one way for these characters but when i watch the way like they cash in on my emotion at the end where i get chills 
I get fucking chills because I, and my, my stomach drops because I know not as, it's 9-11. And that's not fair, uh, in my opinion, for them to do that with this movie. Like, of course I'm going to feel awful about that because it's visceral and it's one of the most, like, fucked up things our age group has experienced. You know what I mean? Uh, and, and, and And everything. But I think, I think, like, using that as, like, the Shyamalan twist of your romantic dramedy with Pattinson, like, your, your, off, your, your off-brand Goodwill Hunting movie is not the right call. I get that. Um, and I have to defer to you guys. You guys are the experts, so. Not experts. We're just people with opinions. Um, I don't think this will be very shocking because this is my take always on rom-coms because I've just watched too many of them. Um, I think, Aiden, you're actually on track, but it's like this movie is, well, kids, go to fucking therapy. Call oh, a therapist. Like, I just think it's like... i lose my freaking mind. And um, I think it is... It made it makes me very sad um, the amount of um, glorifying of physical altercations because uh, the the hero of our story is just cannot use his words and continuously uses his uh, ability to throw a fucking fire extinguisher and like that's supposed to impress the sister who clearly needs people in her life to, you know, help her. I just, I will say that, like, the fire extinguished moment was, like, the moment for me where I was like, man, you couldn't just, like, tell the girl to be nice. Like, you couldn't just, like, no, and we, then were, they have we weren't going to talk this out. Know? No. Instead, you're going to, like, create this uh, horrible i'm gonna act like i'm gonna toss the girl down and then throw a fire fire extinguisher in front of the whole class for for context uh go ahead the little sister she goes to a sleepover and a girl cuts her hair off and it's it's this horrifying bullying moment and robert pattinson is storming into this classroom he throws the fire extinguisher because he I think because he feels powerless that he is unable to protect his sister in any way. And he's been yeah. trying throughout the majority of the film to convince their father, Pierce Brosden, to spend more time with her. But he's been emotionally distant. And I, that's the only thing that he can think of to, like, make a point to this uh, young girl that, like, don't fuck with my sister. I think that he just like gets in that girl's face and goes, "I want to swing on you." No, um, <laughs> I guess Katie. Katie I, 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 I just need to know because I, I worry we're burying burying the Katie lead, and I just have to. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm aching to hear what she thinks about this movie. Katie, go <laughs> ahead. Oh, this is, uh, I, I, man, this is one of my least favorite films we've ever watched on this show. Oh, yes! I, <laughs> yes! I, I feel bad saying that because Aiden I feel like your analysis was so was so insightful and oh, you, you don't got a lot out that. of this movie no, and, and you gave the time to really, really engage good. with the material and it, it's it's nice that you got that read but personally when I was watching this movie I felt like people had described sad things to the screenwriter Will Fetters but he doesn't know what they actually feel like like I feel like mm. he tried to hit so many emotional beats but they just, I, they never hit for me in any capacity. It just seems like a very dour film and that that didn't 
it, it didn't feel sincere to me. And as a result, I wasn't able to connect with the characters, I wasn't able to connect with the love story, and I wasn't able to connect with the tragedy at the end. So that's ultimately what I felt about this film. I think I I understand. Sorry. <laughs> my my wife, go ahead. I think that's I think that's totally fair and I think honestly everything that you described Aiden, it's like if he would have maybe taken one of these and really scraped like this like into what all of those emotions are because I think like there are many things that are fucked up in the situation and if I I was like, "Oh, maybe someone will help this will help uh, Tyler because he he's the one who needs help and then to have him die it was like horrible to me I was like what did we get from this well it's like there's a lot of meaty things at play and Aiden's analysis is astute it's appreciated and, I, and I'm like I'm on your side for the most part my only thing dude is it's like if Robert Pattinson goes out that morning and gets hit by a fucking bus, I cry at this movie and it and it becomes it becomes like a completely different you know what I mean it's rewatchable as fuck. But 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 you have to admit that uh, even even while like I think you make a solid case and those people that died in that tragedy did have lives and this is one of them. I, like I I get it. I just think that like I could really enjoy and get to know those characters and then like feel something more more uh, personal to the story as opposed to just it happening to like cuz it seems like nothing in that movie even if the even if they set it up it, there's no reason it had to be set right then they only did it so he'd die 9/11 like it feels like it's just like he didn't come across that when he was writing the fourth draft of his script and you know in my opinion I got you. I understand what everybody's saying. And I actually, like, upon repeated viewings, I started to kind of unravel a little bit. And I'm like, well, none of this really sticks too heavily. Um, I thought their romance was really shallow. And they obviously both were extremely messed up and they needed help. And to have two people dealing with similar trauma, but extremely different situations. And, I mean, I didn't see Tyler necessarily as the hero, even though... I think Taylor, you're right. They probably were trying to portray him as that. I kind of saw him sure. as of as the villain. Like he is not a good person, and he truly needs help. But his ways of coping, angry, angry with his little situation, trust fund boy. What's up? I just saying he's an angry, angry little trust fund boy. Yeah, he his his way of coping is to lash out. But upon hearing all of your great analysis, I do agree with a lot of it, and I do think that 9-11 as a topic is largely untouchable to a lot of people. Um, I guess I, I guess when I watch it, I don't view it exactly how you guys did, and I just kind of see it as, uh, I don't know. Maybe I don't know what I'm saying. Because at first I no, kind of thought, don't, like, don't you dare. No, 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 no. Don't you dare no. back out. Yeah. Don't you dare back out. Show, it's man. one on three. Uh, I, I thought it no, kind of added humanity to the people of 9-11 because, like, this is just like a, depicting another person who has his own issues with another girl who has her issues that could have feasibly happened in New York City. And yes. you, to do it in that setting, I didn't feel like they had a movie that was like a half-assed rom-com and then they shoot it in right at the end to make you cry. I just kind of felt like 9-11 having so, Tyler die in the story, like Luke said, was the story. And they tried to like fit everything else into it. And maybe they didn't do that good of a job. 
Well, I think Taylor brings to the table the idea that this and and Katie too, like the, that the writer has about a million themes that he wants. Like he wants he wants it to be like the fingerprints don't fade from the lives we touch. Tyler had this effect on these people, and people are changing for the better and stuff like that. Even if he's not there anymore, and I think that plays better if it's if it's even if if he dies a different way, in my opinion. But I understand where you're coming from. I also um, here's my back pocket pull. I feel really smart. So who does this? Who does this sound? Who does this sound like? The 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 trust fund kid who can't who can't deal with his trauma and he goes out at night getting into fights. Batman. And doesn't the Batman. Yeah. <laughs> and now we will get "Remember Bat. Me for Real" in the form of the Batman starring Robert Pattinson. Yeah. Oh my god, dude! This is dude. He's that's been your, training since fucking. Uh, how smart am I, Mama? Listen to this and listen to how smart I am. Let's just be clear, like, it's just an age-old trope of men who don't know how to um, deal with their emotions, so they're going to go beat up people. I'm all for an easy, I'm all for a pulpy, a pulpy, like, like you know, like, romance, like, get your blood pumping. I'm fucking 16 watching this movie, like, oh, man, adult, yes. it's wild. Like, you know what I mean? And I know that sometimes we don't want that, and I know Taylor's not about that, but we've, ta- we've but there's, but the fact of the matter is, these steamy like sort of movies exist and and have have their place and if it doesn't devolve into a 9-11 movie it's totally that that thing yeah and i'm just gonna say if you're sitting there and you're watching this movie and then you put yourself in the um um oh i can't the lead female role you're sitting there and it's like oh my dad hits me and my boyfriend Mm. is clearly on the road to being abusive, you you know. Whoa, yeah. And I was, I thought that and too. I was I not, thought that too. I was like, I am not here for that. And you, again, it's no hot take of mine. This is very consistent, I think, for me on the podcast talking about rom coms. And I think this is just one of those things. And this is also in the prime, the prime of. I took a bet to go out with this girl. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, you know, that's Freddie some Prince. real uh, she's all that bullshit. That. Yeah. that, like, this is third movie. What, like, uh, what? what's a Freddie Prince Jr. movie? And um, uh, 10 Things I Hate About You. And guess what? I'm. Isn't it crazy that they all continue to play men who are disheveled and can't explain their words, so they have to punch something? I'm to be fair, sorry. Sorry. Yeah, they, Robert they Pattinson, make though, during this time, uh, like, I do feel like because we were introduced to him as America, as Edward, who was kind of like a very softer version of that, this was kind of like the next logical step from, like, a career standpoint. Like, I just think that... I don't blame Robert Pattinson for picking this role. Like, I think it was a way... Like, it was probably a um, a compromise that he could do something kind of uh, indie and a little bit out there, but also not too far away from his current image at the time. Sure. I like it. I agree with that. He did produce it, though. Well, he's one of the executive producers, but I think that's what I'm saying. Like, it, it's a Summit movie that came out, like, while all those the, all those Twilight movies are Summit. So it had to be a picture deal, like what Katie's talking about, too. They're like, all right, Golden Boy, Golden Pony, you're still not the guy who can now literally just be like, I want to do Cosmopolis. I want to do a good time. I want to do the lighthouse. You know, like he can just mm-hmm. do, it, do whatever he wants. Yeah. I, the one thing I, I do want to say about this film positively is that the, the one relationship that I absolutely bought completely is the relationship between Tyler and his sister. 
I thought that was very sweet. It came off very genuine that they that there was a real love between them and they they understood each other. And I thought it was interesting that they had such a, a large age gap because you don't often see that in movies. And it was it was nice. It was how they kind of respected each other and genuinely liked each other. They they felt like siblings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I she's think the doing age some of the best. Be- Go ahead. The age gap between him and his sister was probably similar to him and his brother due to the pictures you'd see Mm -hmm. at the end of the movie. Um, Along with Taylor was saying, like, I don't like how they depict him as, like, very insightful and well thought sometimes. But yet when it comes to, like, pressure situations, he devolves into screaming and stuff. But again, I Mm -hmm. guess the, the lens I'm looking at it is that's his mental health issues that obviously he needs help for. But that wasn't the point of the movie, unfortunately. Um, but I just think oh, that was yeah. how he was expressing it. You know what I mean? I, that though, I wonder, though, that yeah. doesn't need to be on film. I, it, it happens too often. I I agree with that. that and that's whole... my thing. I'm like, go, go ahead, Aiden. Oh, no, that was that was pretty much it. Um, I, I think that, and it's like, then I think about the kissing booth, uh, two that we watched earlier this year where it was like, mm-hmm. oh, last year, where it's like, he gets mad and then he slams the door. And I'm like, when are we it, it's not even like it's a disservice to these male actors to be frank at this point it's like you're telling me that you're all you can give a male actor is to get aggressive like and and that's their meaty part of them as a character like it's people like it nice and pulpy yeah men are always contemplating death or or wanting to punch something we either get hamlet or the joker what's What's the difference? I saw something that was like, it's how fucked up it is that we're just going to let that an actor playing the Joker I now. Is, no, I thought Jake sent it to me. Oh, that I, I also read that. That's this. so funny. Is like the that Joker now is like the equivalent of today's equivalent of playing Hamlet. I'm like, oh, that sucks. We suck. <laughs> so, but because it's like we deserve more. Um, and and I feel like watching this and watching the Kissing Booth 2 is like we we haven't really done much different or we're not willing to write men into communicators. And he, I, go well, ahead. He needs his Robert. He needs his, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I just wanted to like, uh, juxtapose it with something like the lighthouse where you do have a very aggressive, very rough men going insane, dealing with like mental issues and how that's presented differently than this, and why that's good, and this doesn't quite land for, for me personally. And I'm, I'm not sure how to really describe it. I just feel like the, the psychological profile of Robert Pattinson's character in The Lighthouse was a bit more fleshed out than in Remember Me. I have not seen that. I but I do, think you can have a, I do think you can have a good role with those with wanting to punch something. Aiden, the lighthouse is gonna fuck your head up. It's an Am- it's on Amazon. Uh, it's an A twenty four flick. It's him and Willem Dafoe. It's in black and white. Robert Eggers, who made The Witch, made it. It's his follow I up to The Witch. Defoe it's so much. You, yeah, it's very. It's a real dude fest, but it, and it's a real testosterone fest. But it's also like trippy and horrific as fuck. It's awesome. I'm gonna watch that after after WandaVision, of course. <laughs> yeah, get right with the Lord and watch WandaVision, hearkening uh, uh, back to what Katie's brother said to her about the Mandalorian once. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I th- think uh, 
Man, oh man, I I didn't like the lighthouse either. <laughs> but damn ye! <laughs> but I will say, I wonder if it's because someone is able to uh, match his energy, and you're watching two people become crazier, and like it's a mm. power thing, and like mm-hmm. I don't see anyone in Tyler's life being equal in power with him because uh, the dad, quite frankly, doesn't seem interested. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I don't find him worth, worth time. Uh, Pierce Brosnan is, I'm like, dude, why are you still interacting with him? And are you only interacting with him because you need money from him? Cause he runs your life. And, and it's like, you know, it's a bigger adult thing going and, and, and making your own, your own life for yourself and making your own money for He's gotta it. He's got to write all these things down. He's got to write these things, Taylor. Which you can do that. Well, listen. Uh, <laughs> and also work a normal job because, you know, there are people in this world that don't grow up with money. If you start a movie with They're... a mom and her daughter uh, on a platform and the mom gets gunned down in front of the daughter and the dad is the cop that comes and looks at the body, that should be your movie, not anything that happens mm-hmm. after that. Just to be honest, like that girl and that family should probably just be the movie and everything that they add after that is like, why do we go and do this movie? And then they're like, well, but also get ready because it's 9-11 too. And I'm like, oh, also, And like, I... can we just talk about like that girl's <laughs> The two women in this movie, the 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 sister and his girlfriend's lives are fucked for forever. <laughs> and and I, it's, but at least Caroline has her dad now. Mm-hmm. Huh. Who was, I, I don't that's like more how of a tragedy at the end. They had Allie get back on the subway to close out the movie, and I'm like, that is not what would happen if that was if if her love just got mowed down in the tragedy you know what i mean that's not the logical mm-hmm. progression but yeah, i that's, do really that's, like I think, that intro i do agree with what you're saying luke i think that it was solid to build off of it's compelling because well and even if say they break up like they break up but she gets on the subway because she realizes like you know but but at this point it's like no that woman would go and well we don't know because we don't get that much into her psyche because I don't think I learned a single thing about her um, in this whole movie. We should do a re- – Aiden, let's do a recut of this movie where Pattinson's A-OK and there's no weird ending. <laughs> we, they can, we can. I think it's doable. It's, this movie's way too long in the first place. I could cut 25 minutes out of it. I'll it tell is you what definitely longer than I thought. Only, th- this is the only way that it can end. You see them open a door, and it's a door to a therapist. That's, that's it. Well, that's the other thing. That's the other thing is like is like Pattinson, uh, Will Hunting doesn't have his Robin Williams in this movie, uh, which is important. Uh, and he's just got his little sister and shit. Like because I've never ever noticed it being like kind of uh, a good Will Hunting wannabe until this watch, which is probably like my twentieth watch. I used to watch this movie quite a bit. I really there, there used to not be very many patents and movies to choose from for a short window. Now you just got the, you know the world's your oyster. Oh my god! Sometimes sometimes they slip through the cracks. I guess I wonder what do you when this is because it's like when I was talking about because I said so. There are certain things that for me as nostalgia, that's oh, what nostalgia I'm, factor wins so, out, baby. But I guess I'm curious when you were watching it the first twenty times, and this is for Aiden too. 
what were what were the feelings that you were getting that you think that was making you want to watch it again? And this is well, no judgment because, again, I'm what, a, a person who watched because I said so eight million times. Allow me to go first. And where, where me and Aiden are from, we're in this uh, – and I'm not saying this isn't for you guys, but just for, speaking for me and Aiden for a second. Where we're from uh, and, and also in that era, which is not that long ago, but still – independent film even though this isn't technically independent like in like movies that feel kind of small and character driven didn't feel super common especially in our age group and stuff like people were watching the hangover and stepbrothers and so were we but like you get a movie like this with like interesting performances and yes if the story is a little surface level and yes there's some things you're okay with that because like like this movie feels kind of different and interesting and you feel like you're invested in like a sort of like storytelling that you don't often get, even though now we can look back on it and say whatever at the time that felt like an interesting indie movie to me. Like when me and Aiden watch and and I'll say goodwill hunting, it's like, it's like, Oh, that felt like a riveting indie movie, even though it was Miramax. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and we just didn't, we didn't like, and that's what led us down the road of like, going to family video and trying to find the smaller movies and like look for that kind of thing and 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 so like so do you think that it was like part of the edginess too that you were excited to find a movie no i thought that it's not the edginess for me i thought that it was just i really liked twilight and me and me and Allie went and bought this movie because they put the trailer on twilight and we just got more patents and so we were just happy about it we just loved it it made us happy like okay. and and now i just look back on that and that time but i won't i won't continue to speak for Aiden. you go ahead pal well, not going to lie, my resolve has been shaken a little bit because now I'm hearing all of these well-put points about the movie. But Luke was originally the one that turned me on to the movie. It would be, totally. it would be back when you were probably at Western, I would assume. Cause I, or maybe not, maybe a little bit before that. But I don't know. I really liked the lead actress. Um, what was her name? She, I, When I was a kid, we, me and my parents used to watch Lost, which, again, not a great show, especially the ending. But her name is Emily Duravin. Yeah, Duravin. Yeah. Um, We used to watch Lost a lot, and she was one of the original, like, leads on that cast. And I saw her. I saw our Pat. I thought, okay, cool. And then sprinkle in a little Aiden Easter egg. And that guy was a little bit like me kind of back in the day. Kind of a stony. Total stony. I'm liking this. I'm liking this. Just the one drink thing. Totally something that this Aiden would say. Um but there are a lot of bad things about the movie. I guess I'm not necessarily looking for the movie to be great um, and, like, come to a logical conclusion. I saw it as, like, these are completely believable, fucked-up situations that people could be dealing with, and I think that they should have therapy for them, but I was interested to see the dynamic of when they clashed together and when all of the story came to a head with the father finding out and the whole get-a-fucking-deadbolt I don't know. You yeah. guys have shaken my resolve. I love. A bit. I now love I that. feel like I feel like I subjected you to a terrible film, and I apologize. <laughs> You're crazy. I like this movie. Again, I own it. Like this is like this is a nostalgia thing, and that's the point of this movie is you come to the table with these movies that people don't like, and you do, and here's why. And it doesn't mean that like you're a fucking bad person for like you remember me because I like it too. I'm no. not a bad person for going to bat over Batman v Superman every week. Some people might think I am <laughs> like, you know what I mean? But like, it just, it's it just what the, the show's all about. I I'm with you. I'm, I, I'm with you, man. Oh, I mean, Thank and you. I only asked because, and it's like, I love because I said so because it's like a mother-daughter relationship. And oh, yeah. Get, you like, I keep By the time you hear this, that's aired. By the yeah. time you hear this, that's aired. Um, the, <laughs> which is this terrible movie, but I loved it because it's like a strong mother-daughter relationship. Lauren Graham is in it um, and Lorelai from Gilmore Girls. And I like, 
I stand by it. It's a shit movie. And and there's so many things that are like, everybody needs to go to therapy in that one um, as well. But I'm just kind of like thinking about, um, it's just how much we don't give men the tool like more more it's more like the movie made me feel artsy as a high school i know but then i'm like it's artsy but like could it it could be so much more artsy sure of course yeah and and me at 28 with a fucking degree in in film or whatever like of course i can say that but i think that uh again 9-11 thing aside i think that uh it's forgivable to have a movie like this and these movies have their place and will continue to have their place they're 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 pulpy they're they're romantic they're sexy yeah and uh yeah katie (laughs) oh yeah i I was just the only thing i was gonna add is that aiden i love rock of ages unironically so you can take everything (laughs) i say with a grain of salt i have seen that movie so many times and is it good i love it but well, a lot of favorite. people say no. <laughs> I don't. I don't love it. I gotta. Be I think. Honest. I think <laughs> I'm a fan of a lot of movies that people don't, mm-hmm. that are not received critically well, and people tend not to like. Good. At well, least they got a couple back people. for more, my sir. <laughs> I'm flattered that you've listened to the show and that you wanted to come on so much. It means a yeah. lot. Yeah. I think I when I listen it. to you guys, I think you guys put forth such a compelling case that it makes me want to watch the movies. And admittedly, I have not listened back into the catalog like I should as a good friend. But the movies of the year one, it made me immediately watch one of them. I immediately watched one of the movies. And I think that's what you guys are going for. I think job well done. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, thanks, man. And, like, uh, I, I also wondered before we go, did anybody have, like, uh, any extra credits or thing they've, things they've watched that are new or that they are about to watch or anything? We'll start with Katie. Oh, uh, come back to me. Okay. Oh. Taylor? Um, I watched One Night in Miami. Um, I thought that was really good. Without me. Yeah. I didn't think Luke... Luke kept saying he was going to watch it, and then I was watching it while I was washing dishes, which I wish I wouldn't have done um, at my uh, nanny job. Um, but uh, I... I really enjoyed it, and I'm so happy that Regina King is getting got a nomination for director. I think everyone's... Fucking incredible. Um, and then Luke and I watched WandaVision and, and... Regina King, like, Watchmen directed that? Yes. Holy shit. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Is this the there new are... Watchmen director or the movie? Yeah. The So the the main character in Watchmen, the... the the I can't even think of her name the now. The TV show, right? The On HBO? Yes. Oh, she was yes. awesome. That's Regina King. And she, she directed When I Am Miami. Holy shit. And it's Whoa. it's great. It's wonderful. Um, strongly suggest that you watch it. It's on Amazon Prime. Um, it would appeal to you, Aiden. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's like all – it's like happened to be one evening where Cassius Clay, Jim Brown, and uh, – Muhammad is Ali. No, or, sorry, I think he's Cassius uh, Clay at that point. He, yes, he's going to be. And then uh, Malcolm X. And, 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 and yeah. uh, Sam Cooke. They're all in like the same like place, and so it's like a it's like a semi it's like a fictional version of what maybe could have transpired when they were all at this hotel the same night. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna um, look into that. Where did you watch so, it at? Amazon Original, right, babe? Yep, very okay. very good. Um, and then I watched uh, WandaVision, which again, Woo! I think this is the this is the start of the show, and I uh, I wish we would have gotten like 
three less episodes. <laughs> Katie, are you watching WandaVision? Oh, uh, I've been scared about this question. I'm taking a break from Marvel for about a year, but I am going yeah. to watch it. I watched the first two episodes, but I, I need a break. I don't blame you. I got fatigued by Marvel, but now I'm finally ready for it. The first mm-hmm. few episodes or whatever, but I won't spoil it. Some certain certain shit has come to light. Some shit has hit the fan. <laughs> shit has. There's a the fly fan. in the ointment. Yeah, Katie, you could only watch um, the last two episodes, and and then the season would start. There is a fly in the ointment. Uh, um, but yeah, those are my two extra credits. I I don't. That's basically me. Wandavision's crushing me. I'm rewatching The Office for the fiftieth thousandth time. <laughs> Um, nice. But I'm, I think I might think I might take advantage of that whole HBO Max dealio and check out Judas and the Black Messiah. Oh, you I stole my next move. That was what I was going to do. Oh, well, then, Aiden, please take the words out of my mouth. Uh, no, no, no. I, I was just going to say I love Lakeith Stanfield, and I can't wait to dive into that. Yeah, Sam. I mean, that's all I have. It, all the trailers seem really intense, and they're really they're smart because they, they, uh, they're pimping it on ESPN, and I'm like, I'm always watching ESPN, so I'm a little – I'm obviously going to check it out either way, you know, <laughs> like, oh, if you show me the trailer a hundred times, even if I don't care at this point, I need new movies anyways. But uh, more importantly, it seems like it's going to be like really well done and it's already getting a lot of buzz and hype. So excited to check mm-hmm. it out. Things I burned through lately. Um, Schitt's Creek, which I hear Taylor's watched. It's so good. It's Loved very it. good. I love the cast. I love the uh, levies. I think they have obviously a great relationship father and son but i didn't realize that Beautiful Catherine eyebrows. o'hara was such a good was such good friends with uh eugene mm-hmm. i didn't realize they went back like 40 years but i find her character to be so hilarious um other than that i don't think i've dived in, or dove into anything too heavy lately i did watch zach stone's gonna be famous to completion again yes zach you need a bo burnham is in gonna life, dude. be famous zach stone Zach Stone. Luke and I are two of like 37 individuals on planet Earth that own a DVD set of that TV show. And mine Very are mislabeled. Nice. Really? Oh, yeah, I remember that. They were My like custom labeled printed wrong. DVDs. Amazon, some like Amazon worker at like, like they would, they would make, they would press them upon request. And me and Aiden were like one of very few people that have the physical copy. <laughs> I'd be very interested to know who else has it. Mm hmm. Katie? Ah, so I remembered what I watched. So, uh, Luke, I actually reached out to you uh, earlier in the week because I saw a movie. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my goodness. I wonder if Luke has seen this because I feel like you and I are drawn to very similar things. Yes, we are. And I think because we like two dudes talking. We've talked about this a lot before. Like like Mm. we like uh, movies where people just hash it out and that's it. Movies that are like plays. And so there's this movie that came out on Netflix, Malcolm and Marie, which is written by the same guy who uh, wrote and created Euphoria. No, Which Katie. stars Zendaya. And it is two very good-looking people yelling at each other in a nice house for about two hours, largely about movies. And I didn't super connect with it, but I do connect with the urge to write two people yelling at each other for two hours. That's that's exciting to be on like a creative standpoint. So I I'm fascinated to to hear your reaction, Luke, if you ever do get a, a chance to watch it, because I want to know if you connected with a lot of the things that they talk about or if not. And if you think it 
it has a good resolution or not. I'm I, it didn't land for me, but I, I am fascinated by the kind of movie it is. And I, I uh, love that. I'm so happy. Yeah, I feel flattered that you'd associate me with something so artsy looking. Katie, I tried to show <laughs> Luke Luke five minutes of it yesterday because I go, I didn't like this, but I think you will. Because well, she keeps telling me she doesn't like it. She's like, I hate this movie's guts. Well, she's like, let's watch it and stuff like that. I said I didn't like it, and of course I wouldn't like it. It's about a director um, mm-hmm. making a movie. And uh, it's inspi- she thinks it's inspired by him, and then he doesn't thank her. And that's where it starts. And I was like, I can't watch this movie. It's not going to be good for my mental health. I thank you all the time. I know you do. Thank but, you, Taylor. But <laughs> I would watch it and be like, mm-hmm. but, I hear you. But I think Oh, please I was don't like, read anything into to that no, aspect of it. I, I really just I, wanted to know. <laughs> What Katie's you felt like, about two you, people yelling at each other. leaving your wife? No, Katie. No. <laughs> Katie, just to be clear. <laughs> I'm in trouble. I didn't, I didn't think that, but I think it's funny that you have said it and I said it to him. I was like, I think you would really it's enjoy exciting. this movie. It makes me want to watch it. Because it's two people. It's in this black and white, mm. and it and it's like... Oh. They do, I saw they do my go-to move, uh, uh, and if, if I want something to be dramatic, my character smokes cigarettes. I'm two for two in that. So, uh, oh, I'm so glad you said that, Katie. <laughs> I, I really want to know it. your thoughts. Um, uh, the, I, I've also watch watched it. The Lady in the Dale on uh, an HBO Max. Ooh, Ooh I watched I that as to. well. They have, I watched that as well. They have a billboard on. Uh, they have a billboard on Sunset by the Wendy's. <laughs> I I've really been enjoying it. I think that the uh, the subject who created the Dale, this three wheeled car. Or not created, but definitely tried to promote it, and it ended up being a house of cards. Uh, I think that that would be a really meaty part for a trans actress. Uh, if they ever wanted to take that core story and make a movie out of it, I find it very exciting. Especially Ooh. the complex dynamic of being like a trans woman in the 70s, but also having like sociopath levels of confidence. And just leading your family on a 70s life of crime. Like, like, there's so much going on at all times during that series. And it's it's fascinating that people don't talk about it more because it's such a strange story. So I've really been liking that. The last episode is premiering uh, tomorrow. And I'm looking forward to it. Is that the Duplass brothers doing that? Yes. Yes, it is. Awesome. Always love them. I is that the Duplass brothers it. who are doing it? Sorry, go ahead, Aiden. I loved it while watching it. I think she rocks a turtleneck like none other. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of gave me Catch Me If You Can vibes for a little bit, um, but then she was, like, bringing her family with her. I'm like, well, they're all just in the crime family now, just making it up as they go. Mm-hmm. I have yeah, watched it's... The Irishman about 30 times. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I find the, the, the last movie... I just wanna, I just wanna bring up because I thoroughly enjoyed it and I'm glad I finally watched it. Uh, it's Princess uh, Kaguya. It's a Studio Ghibli film, and oh. it's based on a old Japanese folktale. Um, and it's basically a father daughter story. A woodcutter finds a tiny girl essentially inside of uh, bamboo, and she becomes like a, like a full grow, like a full baby, just immediately becomes like an actual baby and him and his wife work to raise her and the gods give them a lot of funds to be able to provide for her 
And the father believes that what the daughter should have is this very nice, expensive life. And really all she wants is to live in the country and be with her friends. And the disconnect between the two of them is is such a heartfelt tragedy because it's one of those movies where the tragedy doesn't come from hatred it comes from love it comes from this father genuinely wanting the best for his daughter but just not listening to what she really wants or needs and in the end he loses her and that's it's gut-wrenching and if it wasn't for grave of the fireflies i would say it is the the most gut-wrenching of all of the ghibli films and I, when I, when I originally tried to watch it, I, I couldn't get through it because I was like, I don't know if I can handle a story about a father who loves his daughter so much it ruins her life. But I'm glad I finally powered through it, and it was a very rewarding experience, and it's gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous. Highly recommend it. it. Is everyone here a Ghibli fan? Did you watch it? Is everyone here a Ghibli fan? Very surface level. Very surface level. Same. Oh, we've watched. Me and my girlfriend seen... have watched all of them. I, I've also seen I've it. I love seen... the art style of it. Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh, it's so lovely. And I think Grave of the Fireflies is one of the saddest films I've ever seen in my entire life. Absolutely. Absolutely. Once was enough, I think. Uh, I'm I good. have it on Steelbook. I remember it. So. Mm-hmm. Luke, you should get into these Ghibli Humble movies. Flex. They're very good. If you're, if you're a I, Disney... I've, I, I have Spirited Away, and I've seen Howl's Moving Castle. Um, but other than that, like, yeah, I need to. That's definitely somewhere I need to to dig into. Um, My favorite one is Castle in the Sky, which we're actually gonna watch together tomorrow. Uh, I like to watch it every year with red wine and just weep at how beautiful it is. That's um, my girlfriend's and favorite. And also, oh yeah, awesome. And I was going to suggest that we watch the newest Ghibli film that's on HBO Max because apparently it's it hasn't been critically it hasn't been well received. No. I didn't like what I saw at the beginning, but don't let me deter you. I've only watched a little bit of mm. it because we ended up getting busy. But I think anyone who loves Disney should definitely try out the Ghibli movies, especially the classics with Miyazaki. And I mm-hmm. actually told my little cousin who's 10, that she should get into. I, I gave her a list that she should watch because I think the female leads are incredible all the time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I love it. Well put. Well, great, great recommendations. One thing I cannot stress enough is that the girl in this movie, Remember Me's dad, is Tex Richmond, the evil oil baron in The Muppets. <laughs> Maniacal laugh. Maniacal laugh. Maniacal laugh. We know there's oil behind. (laughs) There's oil underneath this Muppet studio. I can feel it. More importantly, there's a geological survey that says there definitely is. (laughs) And with that being said, I've been Luke. I've been Katie. I've been Taylor. I've been Aiden. Thank you for having me. You folks have a lovely week. Bye 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 bye. Maniacal laugh.